I am Janine Dukabu, the author of Intentionality, living a rewarding and intentional life. Unlock your potential. You can live and make an impact every day. As a life and career coach, I'll help you navigate change, overcome obstacles and define your purpose. Passion, power and purpose is what I am all about. Passion for God, passion for life, passion for my family and genuinely caring for people. I am intentional. Join me as we merge passion, power and purpose to create a unique personality, giving you the power to influence and the ability to effectively reign in all aspects of life. Good morning, ladies, and welcome to 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine. We are in Women's Month, and it's an absolute pleasure to have two women of your caliber on my podcast today. For Women's Month, we want to focus on gender-based violence, and I believe that Monique Taylor and Rosa van Niekerk has all the information for us today to help women who is part of gender-based violence. So welcome, ladies. It's Truly an honor to have you part of this podcast today. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. So maybe, Rosa, I can ask you and, and start off with this question is, I know you're involved with a project called Project Rage for many, many years now. Maybe can you give us a background of what is Project Rage and what is the purpose of Project Rage? Project Rage is an amazing project because... Um, the founding father is Mr. Mark Ramsey. He phoned me about two years ago and he said, listen, I hear you're a football Italian attorney and we need an attorney to assist these women that you know, are in gender-based violence relationships and they can't afford legal costs because legal cost is very high. And that makes a situation where the woman stays in the situation because she can't be helped. You know, mm. she gets turned away and That's she doesn't have the knowledge on her own to go to court and get the harassment interdicts, get the domestic violence interdicts. So he started this project because in his own home, he as a child, um, he was subject to gender-based violence. And the project was started and then it just lifted from the ground because there's so many women that are in abusive relationships. Now, gender-based violence can be male or female. It doesn't, it's not just females. It's more, the statistics shows that it's more females, but there are men that is also affected by this. But the project is to fight against gender-based violence, to tell the ladies that, you know, there is a happy ending. There is somebody that are willing to help. You don't have to stay in this situation. You can get out of it. You can literally take your children and leave and you don't have to become part of the statistics in South Africa where one in every three women are killed by their partners. Sure. That is that that's a shocking statistic, really. That is that's massive. It is. It is. And unfortunately with lockdown it only got worse. So the statistics currently, um, I don't have it at hand, but it's they say that it went up by 40% during this lockdown period that we have. So imagine that you are a woman, 
you don't have the necessary funds to, to you know, get a private attorney. And you are sitting in the situation where you, you are beaten every night um, or you and your children don't get food, that type of thing. It can also be emotional abuse, physical abuse. It can be, um, there's so many forms of abuse that you can get. But imagine there's nobody that you can turn to. And that is what we are trying to do at Project Rage, to say, you can turn to us. We will help you. And that is what we have been doing for the past few years. That is totally amazing. Because I think that's the the starting point for most women. And like you say, men as well is that they don't know what to do. Um, they don't know who to turn to. They also don't understand the process. And I think, yeah. Monique, from your side, I know you know some of the statistics that is currently in South Africa. Maybe you can share with us that so that we can really understand the size of this challenge and this problem within South Africa. Well, it basically states that 25% um, of women have ex experienced physical violence at some point in their lives. And another yeah. study estimates that 43% to 56% of women in South Africa have experienced intimate part of violence, partner violence. So that specifically relates to husband and wife, vice versa. Um, but was what was just shocking to me as a participant was that I was one of I think maybe two semi-finalists that have never been affected by gender-based violence. And mm. to be two ladies in a gala room full of people is shocking um, because wow. I don't really think you conceptualize those statistics until you put into that representation thereof. And mm. that really made me knowledgeable about the stigma surrounding gender-based violence. Mm. I think there's a massive stigma in, in that sense. And I think we've learned as well that people rather say, but I don't want to get involved. Um, you know, yes. something is wrong. You know, something is wrong, but um, I think we don't even know what to do. So what, what do we do? What do we do? If we know well, somebody me, is in yeah. that situation. For me, it, the stigma surrounding silence, especially um, not being a victim myself, I think that is a stigma that needs to get broken because being in a, a largely Afrikaans um, community myself, it's always that muni onias and anamensis sasaka and drakni. But maybe we should mm -hmm. just start doing that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they say it's easier to to apologize than ask for permission. So I think we really just have to change our, our mindset around it and know that there are MPOs such as Project Rage available out there that can help you and give you the support you need. There are homes of safety, of safety. And this is not only available to women, but men as well, because I think largely men also get abused, but keep quiet about it because um, cowboys don't cry. You know that old, that yeah, old saying. As well. Yeah, you know? it's absolutely. And I like what you say, it's, it's time for people to break the silence, you know. Um, Definitely. It's almost more brave to speak up than what it is to to stay silent, I think, because you're not standing yes. only up for yourself. You're standing up for all women and all men in the same situation of gender-based violence. Um, Rosa, maybe from your side, because you're more mm -hmm. on the law, um, how does the abuse start in the home? Where does it normally start? It normally starts um, if, if I think and I see how my if I hear my client's stories without telling, you know, without prejudice, the story, 
it starts in the home with the partner and the partner saw it in his house. He was raised the same way. You know, I beat my wife or, you know, whatever the situation is. So it's a problem that is not just with our generation. It's a problem that comes from the previous generations as well. And as there was this thing of just keep quiet about it, um, myself, I'm also a survivor of gender-based violence. And there was a time that I also did not speak about it because there's that stigma of, you know, what will the people say? What will the community say? What will they think about you? It's so important to know that the problem is not you. The problem started with your partner and then your partner's relationships that he had or she mm -hmm. had or his previous or her previous history in their homes when they were growing up. Because if you really go into the statistics with all of this, and I listen to my clients, this is, this is a problem that is coming from generations. This is not a new problem. It's a, it's a problem um, that affects the previous generations, our generations, and as well our daughters. And that's mm -hmm. why it's so important to stand up and speak out about it. Yeah. Because the young ladies of today are looking up to us and they are seeing what are we tolerating and what are we not tolerating. And mm -hmm. the older generations, and I say this with respect, they tolerated certain things, which our generation will say no. no. So that is why the slogan of Project Rage is no blood on my hands. So that means that I will stand up for myself. I will stand up for my sister. I will mm -hmm. stand up for any woman that I see, feel, or hear is in a gender-based violence relationship. And that is so important. Be your sister's keeper. Not just stay silent and you know something next door is happening with the neighbor. You hear screams, you hear what's going on. Nobody in life is stupid. We all know somebody that are going through a gender-based violence situation. But the question is, what are we willing to do about it? Or are we just going to look away and say, it's not my problem? And that's Absolutely. where gender-based violence keeps escalating and becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why uh, Project Rage has said, enough is enough. No blood on my hands. We will stand up if nobody else will. Love it. And how does... how? How does a person, how do you help somebody in that situation? If you're a neighbor, if you're a friend, we will answer the question definitely on what can you do as a person being abused. But as a friend, like you were saying, you hear the screams, you hear the, the torment, you hear the trauma. What do you do as a neighbor yeah. or as a friend? Well, as a neighbor or a friend, let's say it's a neighbor and you hear, you know, there's gender-based violence going on because you can hear the women screaming and everything. Mm. Find the police. That's the first mm. thing. Find the police and tell them that there is a gender-based violence situation happening now. Our law is very strict with regards to gender-based violence. So what the police will do is they will come out and if they see that Let's say the man was assaulting the woman, just as an example. It can be the other way around as well. Then mm -hmm. that person will be arrested and a charge for assault 
or um, assault GBH. That's now if you were very, very badly assaulted, um, will be laid and that person will be taken away. So the next day, you as the person that were abused, let's yeah. say the women, can then yes. go to your um, your local magistrate's court in your jurisdiction and speak to the clerk of the court for domestic violence and get the domestic violence application. And what, one of the things that the ladies don't know out there is that when you get that domestic violence application, there is a part that says financial relief because that's why they're afraid to go to court because now it's going to mm -hmm. cut off the money. It's going to take away the money. So you yeah. can ask for financial relief that still the house, the bond must be paid, the groceries must be paid, the maintenance for the children must be paid. Mm -hmm. And when you get that domestic violence interdict, you can specify that that person cannot come near your work, your house. He cannot contact you via Facebook, Instagram. He cannot... Um, send you any abusive messages. You cannot get a third person to come and abuse you or assault you. There's so many things that you can do to protect yourself. So literally, if you, you get an interim order immediately, that order gets served then on the person itself, and then there's a return date where, let's say, the husband must then come to court and give reasons why this temporary interdict mustn't be made final but that is the thing our, the the our ladies we must realize that we have so much power we have yep. the power that the legislation is there the law is there to protect you we don't have to be scared anymore and you also don't need a private attorney to do this for you you just literally need to make that decision and say enough is enough yeah, no blood on my hands. No blood Except. on my hands. Mm. Because your daughter is watching. And the, yes. the problem with all of this gender-based violence is also what are we teaching our children? Mm. I've got two teenage daughters. So what am I teaching them if I accept behavior like that? And I'm, yes. not, I'm not in a gender-based violence situation right now please just you know just for the record but I'm using myself as an example what are we teaching our children yes. and what is the legacy that we're leaving with this absolutely and and it's like you said so much is generational of this and it's our responsibility yes. to make it stop in this generation this it's it's up to here yes. and no further yeah. yes funny enough I yeah I do a lot of workshops at schools and when I actually discuss this with kids and you give them the opportunity and I say to them, okay, let's say you two guys are in an argument. I want you to resolve it for me. It's interesting to see how quickly those kids go to actually bumping each other and becoming physical. And they will always say, but, but it's something I saw at home or I have a sibling yeah. that does it. So it's always mirrored mm -hmm. behavior. And the culture is that we've got to stop it with our kids. Um, mm. We've got to stop that perpetual cycle of violence. And the only way to do it is to, to make the kids aware of their options and that there are options for them to, to live in a safe, safe and healthy home environment. So is it for the children as well? Because we're talking about women being abused. What, what happens with children that are getting abused? Maybe you can answer, Monique, since you do a lot of the outreaches. 
Well, a lot of times, um, from what I understand from Bruisa and from Sandra DeMarta, that's also one of the counselors, um, they also explained to me that when the, the let's say the wives are removed, the children are also removed to these homes of safety. Um, but I also think if you make children aware of these options, because a lot of times the ladies are just too scared to speak mm. up and mm. they are aware of the option and they know that there is a way to help a parent, they will help and speak up and say, listen, we've got problems at home. Can you help me? And that is why I find the outreach at schools to be so um, resilient. And it, it, yes, it, it's really successful because there is always, at, at most of the schools, there is a social worker on duty as well. And it plants the seed with them that, you know, this behavior isn't okay. Just because I see it at home and I see it at home regularly doesn't mean mm. that this happens in other homes. Mm. And that um, I can ask someone to help me and there are people out there that will help me. Yeah, and I, and I'm I don't know if 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 I'm right in <clears throat> excuse me in saying that, but is that where bullying comes from at school? It's what they see at home. Is it always mm -hmm. the case? Sometimes. I I go to a lot of um, secondary schools, the old high schools, and I have to tell you that when I speak about bullying and you speak with the children afterwards, they always say, "But you know, I see this at home." Mm. So that is that is them acting out. It's somebody that that got hurt that is hurting somebody else. So a bully is always somebody that went through bullying themselves currently mm. or in the past, and that wound hasn't healed. So mm. if you if you really look in the psychology of a bully, that is somebody that's got a low self-esteem. And why? Because they were they were bullied themselves, and yeah. now they feel that they've got the power to bully somebody else that they can see in their eyes maybe as a weaker person or, you know, an easy target. But it's actually somebody that's unhealed from the trauma that they went through. Absolutely. I mean, we have the saying that says hurt people hurt people. But we yeah. honestly, we honestly have an opportunity to change that because the opposite of that is filled people, full people, you know, so... It's, it's there's a solution here and that for is women. why you must be everybody every one of us especially not, not just in women every, yeah everybody must be our sister's keeper we must look out for our sister whether it's your blood sister or just your friend's sister or your children it doesn't matter every woman every female is your sister and it's our right and our obligation to look out for that sister. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I just want to make it clear that today is not about putting down the abuser, because that is also something we need to look at is what can we do to help the abuser? Because we, we definitely understand that it comes from generational. That person himself, that's the pattern he knows. That's the pattern he comes from. Is there a place for, for the abuser to go to to get healing and to change the ways for the future also, to stop it where it is? There absolutely is. And that is what is amazing, Dr. Mark Ramley. I speak with the women normally, he speaks with the men. So as a male that went through domestic violence or that gender-based violence situation and saw it and went through it personally, um, he speaks with the males. And then 
the males can then be, if they want to, be referred to counselors that will counsel them to help to understand that this is not this is not normal behavior, how to change the behavior and what how to go forward in your life without falling back into the same cycles. So that is how Project Age is set up so that there's male, somebody for the males and somebody for the females. But I do think that more can be done for the males, for the boy child, to educate them that certain things is not okay, whether it is gender-based violence or it is bullying. Mm. I think there is, a, in my personal opinion, a lack of that currently. Mm. Yeah, I have to agree with that because um, when I go and visit schools, you always have ladies that are willing to go and speak to schools and discuss these problems with them. Um, And kids almost get used to a strong female form where there aren't a lot of males doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's important for the boys to see as well is um, I must respect a strong female, but I have a strong male persona that equally respects females. And it's because they don't have that to look up to that we are currently Mm -hmm. sitting in the situation we are. Mm, Absolutely. And I think uh, maybe, Monique, is there places, um, helplines that people can phone when they do find themselves in situations like this? I know the first thing you said, Rosa, is phone the police. I mean, whether you are the victim or you are seeing that, hearing that, know of that, we phone the police. And I think, but is there other helplines that is helpful and necessary for people to know, know about? Uh, Sure, go Rosa, no problem. No, that's fine. There's there's many um, helplines but it's toll-free helplines that you can that you can call if you feel that you are in an abusive relationship. There's many, many, many of them, um, but it's helplines. They will just mm-hmm. tell you, okay, call the police. But there's mm-hmm. not a lot of institutions that you can literally phone and say, okay, I'm in this situation. The police is coming to get me. I'm going to a safe house. What is my next step? So, yes, to, the answer is there's many toll-free helplines that you can call and say, you know, I'm scared, what can I do now? But to go to an institution, to a safe house, um, would be your, your better step. And am I right in saying that Project Rage is one of those those institutions where you can go to for help? They can come to us for help. Um, for me, I do the obviously the public speaking side, but the legal side as well. But we don't house the ladies. That is something that um, must be put very clear. We 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 are not a safe house. We don't house the ladies. Um, I go to safe houses and I speak with the ladies if they allow me to, because there's a lot of safe houses that also don't allow that. Um, if you're not a trained psychologist in that field. But uh, for us with Project Rage, you just call us and say, okay, I have a problem. And then normally with me, the the client, the lady would come and see me and then I would physically take them to court to get the proper legal remedy, which will be your domestic violence interdict or harassment interdict or whatever. Mm. That's awesome. Um, 
And what I like about this is we're actually helping people or ladies or men to set up points of rescue for them to say yeah. there is a place to go to. There is a solution to this. There is a way out. There's absolutely hope. And um, yeah, that is just, that's wonderful. That is what we want to create. Like you said, Monique, we need to break the silence. We need to exactly. sometimes put our noses in places where places where it does not belong in order yes. to be someone's keeper, in order to be accountable. Yeah, and I think that's important for a, a lot of different MPOs to work together. So I went to visit Lifeline Ball um, last week, and they actually offer um, a home of safety for ladies in the Ball area. But you can also get, get hold of Lifeline through South Africa. And I think it's important for them to be aware of, of MPOs such as Project Rage because they also often don't know where to turn to with the ladies mm. they are providing safe care for. Um, mm. Because, yes, they do remove the ladies out of their situation, but they don't know about Project Rage and they don't know about the, the legal aspect um, and the free legal assistance that these ladies get. So it's, it's important to make um, your safe houses in your community aware of this the option that's available to them. Mm. Mm, that is awesome. That is really. It's wonderful. very important, as Monique is saying, because the safe houses can only house ladies for a certain amount of time, and after yes. that amount of time, they are, you know, they are either back on the street to put it like that, or they go back to family members or whatever. And that's the period when a lot of these, when the male and the females then reconcile, because where is she going? You know, mm. what is she, what help is she, is she really getting? It's and also the children. Somebody, yeah, the children. So I've been literally witnessing this at court so much that the, the lady would sit there, she's beaten black and blue, and then she just withdraws the domestic violence um, interdict. And I'm like, ma'am, I'm not your attorney, but I'm telling you, please don't do this because you're going to be really, really sorry about this. It's going to happen mm. again. And mm. then the, the, the answer to that is, but I've got nowhere to go. I've got nobody exactly. to help me. And let me just tell you this, domestic violence, gender-based violence doesn't ask if you have money or if you don't have money. It's not about... If you are poor, if you are rich, it happens in the most expensive neighborhoods behind closed doors. It happens in, in any area that you can think of. So the, the our women need to know that there is that option that, okay, fine, I can go to a safe house, but they house me for, let's say, seven days, and then I must be out of my children. But, mm. but how am I going to survive? How am I going to make sure this abuse doesn't happen again? And that is where they, they go home, to the abuser, and the cycle just starts again and worse. And in a lot of cases, like we have said, it ends up in your partner or a partner killing their partner. What did you say was that statistic again? It's one in every three women in South Africa it's, it's, it is, you know, just to think about it, how many women do we know as an individual? So if we have 10 people around my table at this stage, that how many women that will be sitting here would have been affected in their life? And we don't know that. They don't know their remedies. They don't know what they can do about it. 
most women are too scared to do something because the guy or the perpetrator in that circumstances tells you, I'm going to, if you do something, if you report me, I'm going to kill you. I will get you yes. back. I will be very sorry about this. Um, it's that manipulation that comes in. That emotional manipulation. And if you have somebody like now in MS Royal International, we have a lady that is qualified to assist with the gender-based violence, um, whether it's a, a male or a female, she's qualified to talk to either sexes and assist them on an emotional level, which I can't assist because I'm not qualified in that sense. I'm qualified as a lawyer to assist with the legal side, but the emotional side is, is uh, one lady said to me one day, and I will never forget that, she said, you know, I just wish that he would hit me instead of telling me all of this ugly things because that stays in your heart and in your head longer than just a small slap or just a slap physically. Not saying that that is, that is correct to do it. It's absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to bring my point across is that emotional abuse can be actually worse than physical abuse yes. because it stays longer and the emotional impact is much greater on yourself and you know when you're hurt you you carry it through to your children at the end of the day mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and that's the generational cycle mm. yeah sure so thank you ladies for today i think we can safely say that that there is a solution there is a way out like i said um Definitely. we can stand up for each other we can make a difference. It's actually up to every single one of us to make a difference. And I just want to say thank you to the two of you, Rosa and Monique, for already making such a big difference in your communities and even in South Africa. It is because of women like you that other women are able to stand up and say, no blood on my hands, no more, genoeg is genoeg, we have to make a change. So thank you so much. Thank you for today. It's truly been an honor to host you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was an, a blessing for me, a pleasure and an honor because every time I get to speak and tell my story, another woman has the courage to say, me too. Absolutely. Thank you for Absolutely. having me. Thank you, Janine. We always appreciate your time and effort. And um, I'm glad that, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have Rosa as a, a mentor during this whole Project Rage um, MPO that we are, we, we awareness campaign we're rolling out. But as she says, it makes it worthwhile when at least one woman says, listen, you helped me out of a situation or you gave me the courage to stand up and, and ask for help. And ultimately at the end of the day, that's what all of us want. Absolutely. One woman at a time, one man at a yes. time as well. Like we said, it's not just women, but one person at a time. Thank you for tuning in to 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine. If this program has helped you in any way today, be intentional and share it with a friend. To order your copy of Intentionality, 
go to www.inten.co.za or shop online and purchase your copy from all leading and participating retailers. Follow me on social media at janinedukabu.co.za or visit my website for more information. Now, go be intentional.